3: Hello, folks, and welcome to the Metallica Report. I'm Stefan Shirazi, editor of the band So What magazine.
4: And I'm Renee Richardson, director of philanthropy for Metallica's foundation, all within my hands. This is your official weekly Metallica podcast. We are bringing you all the news from the band's HQ and studios deep in the heart of Northern California. Hey, Steph. Did you do your homework and see some horror movies? I certainly did. I did indeed. And it seems that so did
3: our Spotify users, because if that's how you listen to the Metallica Report, you will notice that there is a weekly question. Mm -hmm. It's a simple written thing. And this week's was, what is your favourite horror film? And boy, I had fun reading through some of these. Um, (laughs) A couple leapt out. Henning Mersny listed Friedhof de Kuscheltier, which, when translated through Google Translate, first said "graveyard of cuddly toys." A film I'd like great. to see. <laughs> uh, but it <laughs> aggregated to pet cemetery. Uh, another, oh. another great film. Another great film. <laughs> While Lizeth Diaz said, "quote I think my favorite horror movie is The Witch, and Ooh. favorite character Black Philip. Mm. It's just so evil. I, I I love that film myself. Love the choice. And Renee, I have to say." that when it comes to horror villains, Black Philip is truly the GOAT.
4: In more ways than one, get it? He's the greatest of all time and the GOAT. Anyway, whatever platform you follow us on, please click that subscribe button, okay?
3: Yeah, we'd sure appreciate it. And look, coming up, we will hear from Lars Ulrich as he talks trust and gratitude in excerpts from the exclusive interview recently released by our very own So What magazine.
4: What, what? That's awesome. And on the eve of those final four M72 gigs in St. Louis and Detroit, Steph and I were able to chat with some core members of the fantastic fan community. Metallica is very lucky to have. Specifically, Metallica mom, Sarah Sobeck, Tara Paddock, who's the chapter head of St. Louis. Burnt Ends of Sanity which I think is a great name for a fan club chapter <laughs> and Kurt Schwartz with The Struggle Within Michigan. He's the chapter head there. So we're talking to all of them on this show.
3: Yes, yeah, Burnt Ends of Sanity is a good phrase for <laughs> everyone's a day, isn't it really? It's good. Yes. How are true. you feeling? I'm at the Burnt Ends of my sanity actually. So uh, yeah, look, not only was it a great conversation about what the fan communities are all about, uh, we also learned that Renee got a to-go container of barbecue sauce untaped through Missouri airports TSA Uh, There's so much To unpack there
4: Do not judge me And I'm not even Going there I like barbecue sauce Alright (laughs) Alright
3: I mean, not even a musical interlude can get my mind off a a pot of untaped sauce in a back
4: system. a nightmare. Okay, all right. Okay, okay,
3: okay. Okay. Let's get this rolling and move to Lars. So what magazine published the last of their four in-depth profiles on each band member and the 72 Seasons project.
4: And for those not familiar, first of all, head over to Metallica.com. If you click on fans, you'll see So What in the drop-down menu. Once you dive in, you will find deep, deep dives with the guys. Steph tends to use his history with the band to go long. And the results are just, they're always unique. It's very exclusive and you know, just a fun read. So mad props to you, Steph, for always getting in-depth with the guys. I love it.
3: Yeah, thanks very much, Renee. Much appreciated. Yeah, Lars and I got into a lot of different topics and areas in this one. It's a really detailed natter, which gives you a great frame of both what his 72 seasons album experience was and where he is at this moment fall 2023. And one area of conversation which I thought was really interesting came about when we were discussing the 20th anniversary of St. Anger. Uh, for context, that album also came off the back of some emotional turmoil. So I was interested in how he and the band dealt with the 72 seasons process versus that St. Anger period.
2: The period of time you're talking about is 20 years ago. It's actually more than 22 years ago. And so at that time, I guess it felt like we were still not far enough into it to fully accept that it could maybe derail. It felt like there was still a lot of things that had to be done and said, played whatever phrase you want to put on it. Now, it feels like kind of everything that we're doing is, you know, this is what we do and this is who we are. But at the same time, it feels like people often ask me in interviews, you know, like, what are you left to accomplish? And I go, well, the, the thing that's left now is just sticking around. It's almost like you're on borrowed time now. It's like... Nobody thought that you would be doing this 40 years into your rela- into your run. You know, nobody could fathom that when we started, this dawned upon me the other day, when we started Mick Jagger, Paul McCartney, all these guys were still in their 30s. So there was no roadmap for playing rock and roll in your late 50s, early 60s, or in the case of, say... Jagger and McCartney or whatever in their late 70s, early 80s. So everything that that we're doing now feels like it's sort of bonus. The fact that we're here, the fact that we're healthy, the fact that we're playing what may be the best shows of, of, of our run uh, and having the kind of summer that we've had, that's like so fucking insane and so incomprehensible based on The outlook, if you were saying that in 2002, do you know what I mean? Say 20, 22 years ago. So it feels like a different type of thing because there's a much greater sense of appreciation and gratefulness for what's going on now, where 20 years ago, it felt like an unexpected time out. Now I think we're much more equipped to deal with the bumps in the road and much more mentally accepting of the bumps in the road because you're so appreciative of every element of it. And and if you sit down and, and kind of look at, the, you know, it's just, you know, four guys at this level. It's, you know, it's a, you know, you could turn around and go, just the fact that we're like functioning.
4: Man, I truly marvel at it. And I'm, I'm not going to be the first to say it, but everyone is seemingly at the top of their game right now. So, you know, as much as it's it's great for the band, it's a total bonus for us fans right now to be seeing them play like this, be like this, and just, just at, they're at the top of their game.
3: So back to the Lars Ulrich So What interview, which you can find in full at Metallica.com and which now also features a very recently uploaded video of our chat. And here Lars gets into how much the word compromise and its various dimensions now figure into the Metallica process.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I think the, the word that I've heard myself use a lot this year is the word compromise. And so uh, I may have I've probably used it before, but it, it feels like a more relevant part of the journey now. And so one thing is identifying compromise as an element of moving forward. Another thing is being willing to compromise. Those are two different things. And so I think that compromise and trust and acceptance, at least for me, comes much easier now than it did, I think I'm less suspicious of alternate ways of doing things. And I think I'm more trusting and comfortable in, I'll give you an example. You know, James has a, like I've said 10,000 times and most people know that, you know, James can write five incredible, comes up with five incredible riffs when he's tuning his guitar. And so there's always this, like, hey, the thing you just played, somebody put an X next to that. 12 seconds later, oh my God. That could be turned into a song, or this is an incredible thing, or whatever. And James would always kind of go like, ah, it's just there'll be more riffs coming along." And I'd be sitting there going, "Yeah, well, what if there isn't? Uh, or what if the greatest riff ever just got lost into the ether?" And you know, now you just sit there and go like, "I know there's more riffs than we'll ever be able to turn into songs." Uh, when I sit and riff mine and try to figure out what to do with these uh, insane riffs. If there was never another riff that was played between Kurt, Rob and James, there was enough material that we could turn into songs that I could give five stars to and, and say, there's a, the seed of a song right there. Then we have time left on this planet. So it's like, it just, okay, just calm the fuck down and just trust. So trust in that, Everything doesn't need to be a rift that's starred. And trust that you'll be okay. And trust that you know if it's not going to be this way, then it'd be that way. And maybe that's not that's just as good. And so it, it you know it's trusting in yourself, trusting in the others, trusting in Greg, trusting in the process, trusting in the energy of the universe, or whatever. And and so I, I think that there's a lot more of that type of resilience in the ranks now. And a comfort in that everything doesn't have to be perfect. Dude, holy
4: shit. We're going to be right back.
2: Hey, Pantheon
0: listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. (laughs) Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to Factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's Factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey pantheon listeners christian swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear as i'm sure you can guess i listen to a lot of podcasts
4: And we're back. And earlier this week, in anticipation of the St. Louis and Detroit shows, we wanted to catch up with Tara Paddock, who's the Burnt Ends of Sanity chapter head in Missouri, representing for St. Louis. What, what? And Kurt Schwartz, the struggle within Michigan chapter head. And of course, Metallica mom Sarah Sobeck, who has a minivan of international fans joining her and her husband, Pete, on their Metallica travels. And I think what Steph and I both learned and what really grabbed us in our conversation is just how deep the Metallica fan club communities and their connections run. Check this out. The
1: band is so transparent. They allow us to be a part of their inside world and it makes you feel like you're not alone in anything that even people of this stature can go through the same things you're going through. So bringing people together through similar life events and the feeling of knowing you're not alone and then bonding with everyone and sharing your stories and knowing there's this community that gives you love and support regardless of what's going on it's, it's overwhelming. The love is overwhelming that Metallica gives and then hopefully we give back. So that's what it means to me. It's built this camaraderie between us and it's undeniable and almost unbreakable
5: that's so well said sarah this community it is it is a true family it's an absolute blast to be a part of it and it just touches so many lives and come on right metallica is so global and such a monster but yet they reach down individually and and touch these chapters in our lives and our hearts it's truly astounding what they can do and a band like metallica doesn't need to have local fan club chapters, right? I mean, they really don't. These other huge monster bands, maybe they'll throw up a forum or something, but this feels, it, it, it is real. It feels like a family. It's love, amazing.
6: That's exactly, I mean, those are exactly the words you both said. It is a family. I think a lot of us, including myself, were lost at some point in our lives. And I think once you go to a Metallica show and you feel that love, and you walk out feeling like you have a family, and you truly feel like you are never alone, and that is the best feeling in the world.
3: Brilliant! Uh, thank you so much. I mean, they're they're really uh, excellent testimonies, and and I, I think we, I mean, Renee and I certainly agree with that. I I totally agree with it. You know, I've really been tripping on the fact that James has just become so much more open about his own vulnerabilities, and I, I think it's just a, a fantastic thing. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a public service that is that is enormous. I just wanted to ask each of you, you know, what he says um, during Fade to Black these days. You know, it's a validation for I think all of us uh, in many ways. Have you? Does it make? Everything that much more real that you've always, already felt about this band when he actually verbally validates, hey, you know, we've all been up and down and you know, I'm with you, I'm the same. Is it It because to me it's it's a huge validation. I just wondered if you all felt the same.
5: Yeah, absolutely. We all have our demons, right? We've all come from different places and gone down different roads. For for me, I found sobriety about 18 years ago and it was the hardest thing I've ever done. The best thing I've ever done. And so when you see someone as public as James going through, you know, the same struggles that all of us go through, that's the name of my chapter, right? The struggle within. Yeah, it resonates hard. It brings a little bit more of the personal side of it. I particularly love it.
1: He is also voicing that to others that don't feel like they have the strength that it's okay to allow yourself to be vulnerable because you can't heal until you allow yourself to be vulnerable. I'm a caretaker and it's it's really hard to see people struggle like that. So when they see somebody they look up to going through the same thing, they don't feel, I don't know if ostracized is the right word, but like they feel more normal. Mm-hmm. They feel like maybe they actually belong somewhere and they they don't have to look elsewhere to validate their feelings.
6: Which I think brings back to the whole why Metallica is so important to us because of that. So, yeah, the fact that he has allowed us to see that side of him just gives us all hope and lets us all know it's okay if you fall. Just get back up again. He fell. He's letting his fans know and he's getting back up and you can do it. And that's important to let people know it's okay to fall. Just get back up.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, community indeed, and uh, it's it's super compelling. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone was getting a little emotional both talking about it and listening to each other. I mean, it was very, very real, this stuff. It really is. But look, given that we're heading into Terra's world in a matter of literally hours... That's right. I think we should leave the last word to her, right, as she tells us what she's looking forward to the most in St. Louis on this M72 weekend.
6: My number... One thing is, my daughter is coming in town for this show. So I'm super excited. And Sarah knows this as well because she's watched her grow up through the years. My most excited thing will be having my entire family and friends at this show because she's off to college and it's always a special show when I get to bring her. So it will be just a blast for me to have her there and join in all the festivities. The family and friends I have made throughout the years, there is something special. It's what really, really makes these shows. It's really what drives me.
3: And just like that we're out of time
4: next week Steph and I will be in St Louis and reporting after the first night of this latest M72 tour stop so until then
3: see, see ya, ya. The Metallica Report is produced by Metallica HQ, Pantheon Media, and PopCult.
4: If you like what we're doing here, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Be sure to visit metallica.com slash podcast to submit your questions, offer your thoughts, and become a part of this podcast.
4: Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.